Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. I spent 10 years like growing out of all of the body dysmorphia, the negative self-talk, all of those things that journaling became like a really important part of that for me. Being able to just like, again, like I was saying earlier, like write down and acknowledge those different feelings that I have, seeing them, and then to be able to like, logically know that those things aren't true and kind of speak those truths back to myself, I think are, has been a really important thing. Hello, and welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And on today's podcast episode, I'm going to be joined by my sister, Rye Birch, who is the co-founder of our family business, Your Hormone Balance, and our guest, my good friend, Katie Dunlop, who is the creator of Love Sweat Fitness, or LSF, which is an amazing community that brings women together to not only show up for themselves, but for each other. And It's through healthy, delicious recipes, killer workouts, and motivating monthly challenges. Founded in 2014, after her own 45-pound weight loss journey and total lifestyle makeover, Katie was living with hypothyroidism. She struggled to find a healthy routine, so she developed her own nutrition plan and fitness method, and in that process, she lost 45 pounds, and she fell in love with health and fitness. So from there, she decided to become a personal trainer, and she used her own personal method to help countless women transform their lives and build confidence through her Instagram workouts and her YouTube channel, which soon grew into what Love Sweat Fitness is today. So Ryan, I actually interviewed Katie back in February of 2020, which is literally right before the pandemic hit. And we were all just stunned looking back on it with how quickly the time flew by. But also Ryan and I just looking back on Katie's journey and just personally so amazed at the incredible growth that she and LSF have made, including launching an entire nutritional line with protein powders and wellness boosts, which I'm always recommending to my clients and friends and that I personally use every single day. I just ran out of my protein powder and I've been checking tracking to make sure that my next um, bottle is coming because I'm just so obsessed. But these products not only taste amazing, but she uses the cleanest, highest quality ingredients to support your health and hormone goals. And not only does Katie work alongside her amazing husband, Ryan, but she's now joined by her handsome baby boy, Luke. So we knew we had to have her back on the podcast to not only talk about how much has changed since our last interview three years ago, but also what life is like running a business as a new mom, how her rituals and routines have changed, tips for a healthy pregnancy, and for approaching health and fitness pre, during, and postpartum to feel your best even in the tough times because they're inevitable. We also talk about some of the pretty intense backlash and negativity Katie has received on her social channels from fellow moms and why this type of negativity is not only toxic, but extremely unhelpful and why changing the narrative is key. And the more productive ways women can actually come together and support each other in this amazing journey to motherhood. We also get into tips for developing a healthy routine postpartum without feeling the need to rush right back into the same workouts you were doing before or to fit into your pre-baby clothing right away. So this is an open, free-flowing conversation, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. So without further ado, let's welcome Katie Dunlop of Love Sweat Fitness to the podcast. Well, hello, friend. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. So excited to be chatting with you girls again. Yay. So excited. We were trying to figure out when we had last recorded with you, and it was at February. Least- February, February 2020. February 2020. I just found it. Okay. That's what I was like. I feel like it was in the new year, but early. 
Wow. Right before the pandemic. Right before. Yeah. Okay. So crazy. And obviously so much has changed since then. I mean, so much, obviously, in the world (laughs) with your life. And you're still crushing it with LSF. You have the cutest new baby boy who I cannot wait to meet. And we just want to know, we want to start out by knowing, like, what are, since the time that we recorded with you back in 2020, what has really changed the most about your lifestyle now that you're a new mom and (laughs) what are you really lit up about right now? What are you really excited about? Man, oh my gosh. I just feel like my whole world has flipped since 2020. Like business side built and launched an entire nutrition line. So our Los Angeles nutrition line came out since then, rebuilt and totally rebranded our app move. So like on the, on the business side of things, things have just been growing and moving. And that's been so exciting to watch that just kind of catapult in these last, what, three years. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Um, personally, yeah, I had my little guy, Luke, um, just about five months ago. And that has been the most incredible experience in my life as someone in the health and fitness space. I feel like there was a lot of nerves um, going into it and you girls know I have hypothyroidism. So there's a lot of like physical anxiety, I guess I would say of like worries about what that would mean for my body, for my hormone health, how I would function just going through pregnancy. Um, but it was the most amazing experience ever. And now he just is like, I mean, he lights me up like every single day, like waking up, I'm going to cry too soon. Waking up to his little face is like, something I didn't know I was missing um, and has just been the most fulfilling experience ever. And I think for me, it's actually been hard, like finding the balance between running a business content creation and being a mom. But it's also been something that's really challenged me to grow in ways that I never expected to have to like dig deeper into my creativity and like tap into areas that I didn't know that I'd kind of lost. Um, and so that's been really cool and gets me even more excited now that I feel like I'm kind of finding my balance. Mm. Yeah, no, it's so, so incredible to see because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I mean, there's so much out there where it's just like this fear of how much your life is going to change after you have a baby. And truly, I mean, you and I have talked about it before. Like, years ago, like Josh and I just not being ready and, you know, not knowing. And, and to a point, it's like almost overthinking it of like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, like, how am I going to do this? You know, I own my own business. He owns his own business, but you and Ryan own the business together and you guys have made it happen and it's not been easy. And I mean, I love just how open and honest you are in sharing your whole journey, not only through Instagram, but on YouTube as well. Like that that in and of itself, I can't imagine is always easy because you're showing like yeah. every part of yourself and the highs and lows, but you really do it in the most genuine, authentic way. And so it's, it's really, truly inspiring. And so I kind of just want you to share a little bit about like breaking down some of that, like some of those misconceptions around like, you know, what is it like to own your own business and have a new baby and put yourself first, <laughs> like, you know, all of the things and you're still prioritizing your health and your wellness and your fitness. So yeah, share yeah. A bit more about that. Yeah. You know, I think like I was just talking to Ryan about this today and I feel like, you know, in pregnancy in motherhood fitness, it's kind of all, it, it all kind of boils down to the same things, right? It's like your mentality and mindset going into anything. And for me, everything's really founded in building routine. So I think that like the way that I've been able to, continue to do the things I need to do, the things I want to do, prioritize myself, my health, my business, my baby is really just by staying focused on like what's most important for me, why I'm doing what I'm doing, and then taking it one step at a time. So I think that like there's been moments where I feel like I was going to lose it because it's just overwhelming and hormones. And there's just so much newness and like navigating that space. But I think like one of the things that's really helped me a ton is like establishing over these past 10 plus years, my routine in prioritizing my health, right? Like nourishing my body, moving my body to the point where 
that's just who I am. It's not a, Oh, I have to work out today. Like, of course there's days I don't feel like it, but like, that's just who I am. That's what I do. So I make my meals and I move my body and those are part of my routine. And just like, it's just the discipline over the time that's like built that in. And so I think bringing anything new and like bringing like Luke and his routine into mine and really building that together, it's approaching it the same way where figuring out the things that we want, how we want our days to look for our family, for our business, and really starting to build that together. I think that's made the biggest difference because it's really easy to get overwhelmed, super easy to get overwhelmed and feel like you can't do it all. And there's no way it's ever going to balance. You're going to feel stressed out and like beaten down forever. So you can go into it that mindset and you will, or you can say like, I've got this. I can only do so much and acknowledge that. Like you, you can't do it all at a hundred percent all the time. It's just impossible. No one can. And so I think giving yourself that grace and really figuring out like what's most important to you and how to do those things. That's just kind of where I try to keep my head. And I feel like that's been what's allowed me to stay really positive through any of like the challenging times, but also allowed me to get into a groove and start to find that balance a lot sooner than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Can can you walk us through what a day in the life or what your standard kind of routine and schedule is now with baby and maybe how that's changed from what it used to be, including yeah. like yeah. when you wake up? Yeah, for sure. So I used to have a rule where I wouldn't wake up before the sun. <laughs> like that was just, I'm like, it's not up. I'm not up. Like we don't do this. I'm with you. That's and, my current rule. <laughs> yeah. And so like, even as a fitness trainer, you know, a lot of like my peers and stuff would be like 4am hitting the gym. I'm like, that is not me. That's never been me. I like balance. I like feeling good. I don't like stressing myself out. Um, so that would be like, I'd wake up, you know, typical day, wake up, have my coffee, leisurely do some like just self-care morning routine, rituals, journaling, reading, devotional, whatever, do my workout, then shower leisurely, get into my business, you know, all of those types of things. It was much more obviously on my time running my own business. As you girls know, it's not, um, it's not easy because it's 24, seven plus, 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 but you also do have the ability to manage your time the way you want to. So that's always been really nice. Enter baby into the, into the equation that goes out the window. Like you don't really have that same ability to just completely manage your own time because you have this precious little life who has a lot of needs, um, obviously, and, and their schedule is completely different than anything I've ever experienced. So, you know, at first, obviously that was very challenging, just knowing that like my, my priorities and self-care moments did have to get pushed back. Those were kind of the last things, but I still made time for at least a little bit because I knew that that was really, really important for my mental health, for my physical health. So from an early stage, like I still prioritize that a bit, but he came first. So now my typical day is like, you know, obviously I'm up a lot earlier, but it's still not that bad. He sleeps in actually until seven every morning. So I wake up at about six or six 30. And that's just because I do want that quiet time for myself still. So while I would like to just say, Hey, I'm going to just sleep in until seven because I don't have to get up. I've made that shift to get up earlier to make sure I have that space and time for me before I do anything else. And then we have our time together for about two hours in the morning. And then after that is kind of when I get to jump in to the rest of my day. Now, because we do have a nanny here as well, that's very, very helpful. Um, we're still involved in his day and play with him and, you know, jump in throughout the day. But that's been a huge difference because then I'm able to actually like shift into Katie business mode and really get the work done that I need to get done for the business. And then come 6.30, we stop what we're doing every day. And Ryan and I start his night routine together. So that goes for about an hour. And then he goes to bed at 7.30 and we have like our time for the evening. So we've really like gotten into a groove, but that's really in just mostly because we've been able to establish routine with him from early on and prioritizing his routine and his needs, I think allowed us to now be to the point where we all have that time, which is really incredible. Mm. 
And what does it look like on the weekends? Because you, you know, you don't, well, I don't know. You guys have so much going on. Are you working on the weekends as well? How have kind of your, like, how has your social life adjusted around baby as well? Yeah. So, I mean, we work always, um, the weekends we try, we're obviously our team is not working on the weekends. So we have less meetings and less like have to do in the moment. Um, but we try to, you know, shoot YouTube or get other things done that we maybe can't do because we do have a team that we're interacting with throughout the week. So those things still go on. However, we've always, always, always really tried to prioritize date nights, fun stuff that we like to do. I mean, we just got back from Coachella. So like, we still make that a point to like have that time. But the weekends we spend, I mean, we're with him the entire time unless, yeah, we're going on a date or something else. But we try to spend at least like, I would say 80% of our weekend doing just things as a family or just Ryan and I as well and try to let work mostly stay in the weekdays now. Yeah. What about when you have, like, I'm sure they've happened, like those meltdown moments where you're just like overwhelmed and like, maybe he's, you know, not settled or whatever. And you have a million things going on. Like, how do you come out of that state, you know, and just get back to feeling good again without letting Mm -hmm. it fail maybe like your whole week? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I definitely have had those. I'll be honest. And I know, you know, like we could take, take these conversations in a lot of directions, but the, the most meltdowns I had um, were in the midst of breastfeeding. So I'm not breastfeeding anymore. Um, I had a really low supply and it was extremely challenging. So I breastfed for almost, almost five months, but um, needless to say with hormones, especially during that time, like I feel like I had never felt so defeated as some of the moments then. And for me, I think really just acknowledging those feelings. Um, my husband and I have a very communicative, sometimes maybe too much relationship. So like, it's great though, in this, because I could share all of that constantly, like, especially when as women, I think a lot of us have experienced those times where you logically know the things you're feeling are not true. They're not accurate. They're not right. You know, like if it's feeling like you're worthless and you can't do anything and you're screwing everything up, like all those things and emotions that come. Um, but being able to like verbalize them and speak them and have someone who can just comfort you in that moment. So you can just feel those feelings and get through that. I think for me is what's allowed me to bounce back a lot sooner because my personality tends to be more of a, like, I'm just going to like shove it down and keep pressing but I've learned through the years, like, obviously, that's not a healthy way to handle things and it doesn't end well. So really trying to just like embrace those feelings. I think that's what's allowed me to like get through it quicker and get on to the other side where I can start to feel good things. And I think something I learned, especially through the, these five months of motherhood in these moments was doing things that make me feel like me. Because before we even had a baby, Ryan and I always said, like, we want to be parents too, like meaning also. And I think we talk about that a lot because while he is the most important thing in our lives and we're obsessed with this little guy, like we're still Katie and Ryan. We're still Katie and Ryan as individuals, as a married couple. And I think that gets lost a lot of time for people. Um, And so for us, like making sure that we still are doing things that make us feel like us. And so finding those moments or in those moments, ways that I can do that, where I would feel like myself again, whatever was pulling me down a little bit, finding something that was like kind of the opposite positive of that to bring me back up has helped a ton. Yeah. That's such an important point of like not being like being parents is an incredible thing, but it's not all that you are. And I remember I watched like your, one of your YouTube videos and you were like, we are not going to be calling each other like mommy and daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, (laughs) you're not going to be doing that. Like it's not, I'm Mm -hmm. number one dad hat or any of that. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. No. I was like, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like we always say, like, even with him now, like we'll say like, cause obviously we want him to learn who we are. So it's like, if I'm with Luke talking about Ryan and I'll say like, do you want to go to your data? Like it's your data, but I'm not going to be like, Hey data. Yeah. Daddy. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Daddy, come over here. Well, maybe he'll, he'll find that sexy, but 
No, it doesn't sound like it. No. <laughs> and if someone does, like that's great. That more power to it, but that's not us. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just gonna make you, I think, better parents because you have that individuality for yourselves. I think that's so important. Yeah. It's yourself as an individual and doing those things mm-hmm. that light you up. And then together as a couple, making sure that you keep those date nights alive and yeah. then- that you communicate and then as parents, and I'm sure it's amazing watching him as a dad too, and him watching oh, yeah. mom and like how that's maybe shifted your relationship totally. too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's been so incredible. I think like, you know, like we've been married almost 12 years. So we were married like 11 plus years before we had him and or like basically like 11 in a couple of days actually, <laughs> but um, we're married a really long time. Like we had our relationship very well established, like not only in knowing each other and understanding how we work and our needs and everything else, but just like our routines and the things that we like to do together that have built and sustained the relationship to this point. So for us, it's been really a huge priority and why, I mean, we went on our first date night when he was three weeks old, because we want to make sure that that's not like lost for him and for us, you know? Yeah. Ooh, what are your thoughts on long distance travel? Have you thought about when you will be okay or ready to do that? And would you bring him with you? Like if you went to Europe, for example? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So of course, before we had him, we're like... Or we can leave him with the grandparents and go, you know, to Ibiza for a week, whatever. And now, like, it's hard because he's so much fun and we love him so much that we're like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to leave him for that long. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's tricky. I'm sure we will at some point. Um, right now, you know, we did three days in the desert away from him, which obviously I could drive back if I needed to, but that was good. I felt good. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, personalities obviously are all very different. Um, for me though, knowing like he's safe and loved and cared for at his grandparents' house, like I'm not concerned about his well-being. So it's only me then. Like, so am I am I okay then away, you know? And I was. So I don't know. I don't know. We're talking about doing a family trip to Cabo next month, but as far as leaving him a long time, I'm not sure. We don't have anything planned yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool because you know, I think a lot of parents like or couples, including myself and my fiance kind of look at becoming parents and it's like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to miss our long, you know, our trips to France or whatever. I am sure we're going to be the exact same way where it's like, no, we don't want to leave because we're obsessed with you. You know, you want him to come along. Um, But then you see the parents on the, on the, even to South Africa recently, these, these parents on the flight with their baby for 17 hours. And I'm like, how are you doing that? But, but then it's like, it's almost this like pride thing where they got through it. Like there was two parents, a baby and they were like, became friends and they're like, we got it, you know? (laughs) And like the baby is so chill and like, you know what? Why not? Like go for it. Don't sacrifice the things you want to do. And you're obviously living proof that you can continue to enjoy your life and have, you know, adjusted lifestyle, um, the way that you want to. I think like, um, again, going back to how, like, I feel like it's so similar to like health and fitness goals or anything else. Like at the end of the day, like some people look at stuff and say like, Oh, that's hard. And I don't want to do it. And they just don't, or they do a little bit. And then they're like, nah, I'm not too much, too much work. Like what's the quick fix? What's the easy way? How do I get there fast? Right. And I just, I don't approach things that way in general. When I approach things like really positively, like looking for the good in situations and realizing like there is always like a silver lining to stuff. But then with hard work, I'm like, I just, I have become a very hard worker in my physical health, in my business. So like things being hard doesn't scare me. And I don't like, I don't know. It Of course it depends on, I'm not going to push him to a point where it's not good for him if he's like, not great at being in the car or doing long distance, you know, whatever. But for us, I'm like, if it's important and I care about it, I'm going to make time for it. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. Like I'll work my butt off for it. Like that's just, that's how I do. But people approach things differently. And um, I think that you really make parenthood, motherhood, whatever, like what you want it to be. Yeah. I don't know. On that point about how people approach things differently, it does seem like with motherhood in particular, 
everyone has an opinion about everything. And I can only see this from like, I'm not a mom yet, you know, but I see the conversations on social and it's like, Jesus, like everyone had like the smallest things. And so when you Mm -hmm. talk about, for example, those down days where you feel like, you know, things are worse than they actually are and you have to bring yourself out of it, then in your position, you also have to deal with all of these people online with opinions that pop up sometimes and maybe sometimes it becomes louder. So how are you dealing with that? Because I know you've had some comments that have been like really intense. Can you just, (laughs) I know that's a big question, but like, tell us about what that's been like dealing with all of the opinions. Yeah. So, wow. Um, It's been enlightening. (laughs) I think that like, (laughs) um, Jess and I have talked about this quite a bit. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, even through my pregnancy, it was very eye-opening because yes, everyone has an opinion. And I think what I've learned is that it literally doesn't matter what you do at all. Like either whatever side of the coin you're on does not matter. Someone is going to come at you or lots of people um, and disagree. And so I think like I've had to obviously develop a thick skin, just having my life out there for everyone and being in the social media space for the last 10 years. But I think it was shocking to see just the the negativity around parent becoming a mom, parenthood, raising babies, everything from pregnancy. It started. Right. And it's like, it's so bizarre to me because it was always laced in like, Oh, but it's totally worth it. But everything was negative, negative, negative. Just wait, just wait. Oh, well you feel good now. Just wait until your second trimester or just wait until you don't sleep or just wait until you have a baby or it's always, there's always something. And it makes me so sad because I'm one, the people live in this negative space constantly. Like it's gotta be exhausting. And two, this choice to bring a life into the world is so incredibly amazing and huge and such a blessing. And so for those same people to constantly like bring it down, even though they've gone through that experience, bring every part of it, like tear it apart and make it such a scary thing for other women. And not only that, but then to basically blame their children for their problems or someone else never take personal responsibility for things. It just, it blows my mind. And I think that now being on the other side, like having a baby and sharing that, which I never expected to do. Side note. I, (laughs) I never was going to be like, I'm a mom influencer. That was not my thing. Um, but when Luke was born, I decided to have like my personal page. So I created a Katie Dunlop account, which I hadn't had to just share like family stuff so that love sweat fitness could remain mostly like still my life, but around the fitness health side of things. And this one could be more family baby, but there's an incredible community of women who either are new moms or thinking about becoming moms or pregnant. that have a lot of questions just like I did. And so, you know, conversations really started developing their questions about the birth about his routine. And so it was a great opportunity to start sharing content that I thought might be helpful as I learn things as well. And there's a lot of um, those pieces that went viral. And I think when you are opened up to the masses, um, really positive sides, there's a lot of like-minded people who are then attracted and come and you can like have positive, constructive conversations. But there's a lot of that negativity that comes that just, I mean, yeah, I've been called everything under the sun because I my baby sleep. So I don't know. Like, honestly, but um, I think that for me, it was really um, a learning experience to try to understand like what creates that negativity and why and why people feel like it's appropriate to tear other women down in general, but like, especially people they don't know, but it just makes me so sad that like that many people are living in a space that they're just so upset about. And they're just like dreading the next moment. They want to pull everyone down because their experience wasn't good. So no one else can have a good experience instead of being like, Oh my gosh, like I struggled a ton. Like that's so awesome for you. Not that I need anyone's praise, but more like I'm thinking about how they react to their friend who has a baby who is sleeping well or anything else. They're saying the same stuff. Yeah. So I think that like, 
I don't know if I'm answering your question. I think that it was like really, really eye-opening to try to understand what motivates these women to pull other mothers down. There's probably more to your question. I think I just got lost in that. No, I think it is such a projection of what their what their experience was like. They're projecting that onto you. And mm-hmm. and I think unfortunately, misery loves company. So hopefully yeah. there's other miserable comments that follow theirs that back up what they're saying. And they can have this like negative community, which Honestly, I, I love being a female and I love that women build each other up so much, but they can also break each other down. And I found over the years, like even with my own friendships in the past, women coming together and bonding over putting other women down and themselves down. You know what I mean? Like, like, I just, I look terrible. I've gained all this weight and it's like, Oh, me too, girl. And like, you know, yes. it's this negative feedback loop. And I don't really yeah. know what that's about, but it is a way that somehow women do bond or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when women are gossiping and they're like, oh, did yeah. you like, oh, so-and-so from high school. And it's like, you're bonding over this negative gossip. It's something that I've definitely realized in the past that I, in some ways have taken part in, whether it's like putting totally. my body down or gossiping. And it's something that now that I've gotten older, I'm just so aware of. And it's like, I don't want to engage in that. So if I am with a group of women who are putting each other down or putting other women down, I really do try to change the conversation and steer Mm -hmm. it towards the positive because then it just illuminates all of that. And you don't feel better. You feel worse. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, you're right. It's the same stuff we dealt with in middle school, high school, right? It's like, it's the same thing in a different setting. And I think that like, what is so fascinating that I found in the like mom space is exactly what you said. If I'm having a bad day or if I share something that's been tough, oh, the engagement and the praise and everyone coming together and actually supporting each other in the mom world, a hundred percent. But then when the things are positive, it's like, let me rip you apart and tell you how terrible you are and how much worse it's going to get. And it's like, why is this the conversation? I don't understand. Like, I, I genuinely have mostly good days because I choose in my mind to find the good in even the tough situation. So I don't go out of the day like, Oh my gosh, he didn't nap for an hour. Like I'm, you know, like, I think that like, I just like, I, I don't know. I think I just approach things differently, but it is challenging because it's just this mindset that everything is so bad and it's going to keep getting worse. And that is what I truly believe stopped me from even thinking about having a baby for as long as I did. Cause I was 35 when I got pregnant and I'm so happy in so many ways that I was at this place in time in my life because I am so secure in who I am. I wouldn't be able to deal with this stuff if I was 23. No way. Yeah. I'm so secure in who I am. I'm so confident in the choices that I'm making and realizing like, if they don't work out, that's okay. And if they do, great. And I'm going to test things. But like, it's just a very different mindset and space, I think, at this place in my life. Um, I don't know how younger women do it or deal with it because it is so negative. And it's heartbreaking because these little precious babies are so great. And like the tough days and everything, like they're being exposed to this whole new world with as a blank slate. Like it's up to us to help guide them and teach them and nurture and care. But I think that, um, I don't know, it just, I think that you get like a trophy. This is what I've seen, at least. There's like a badge of honor, kind of like you're saying on the flight, but like in this negative world of motherhood, like this badge of honor and trophy for like having a really tough baby and never sleeping and I don't sleep at all. And I, you know, like you like are like, I'm a better mom because I'm struggling so much. Yeah. And I think it's so bizarre. Mm, Yeah. Well, it's, you know, this fundamental difference between positive thinking and negative thinking and how someone approaches their entire life. And it also, in my mind, feeds into like victimhood, which is a whole nother topic. But like, you know, I think a lot of people get stuck in their life if they remain in this victim mentality, like 
And it is easy to feel, you know, we should all be allowed to feel sorry for ourselves once in a while and like feel things when it's hard and like give yourself 24 hours to feel and be down and not be like toxically positive. But when we stay stuck in that forever and we're always struggling and life is just so hard and we're looking Mm -hmm. for people to feel for us, that I think is the kind of mentality and personality behind the people saying these things and they're going to be stuck in more ways than one. And I'm sure you see that it sounds like your community from our previous conversations in general, like love sweat fitness is a positive, you've got amazing energy, but I'm sure you've seen that in the way that certain people will approach workouts or a a plan. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, this has just been really hard or it's not working for me. Um, yeah. So totally. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's the greatest thing is like, the community, you know, you attract, you attract people that are like, like-minded in some ways, right? So our community is so, so positive and so supportive and we can have real conversations and like, you know, not that everyone like thinks everything I do is great and that's fine. I don't, I don't expect everyone to, but I think that we can like have real constructive conversations. The difference is when, yeah, the, when things go viral, especially when like the outside people who know nothing and just are probably really tired and are probably really like struggling and maybe don't have the resources um, in different ways to like figure out things that they, or they didn't have them at that time. And so, yeah, they're upset that you do, you know, there's a whole lot. It's just the internet culture in general. Um, But yeah, I think like, it's just wild to me that people take the time and think it's appropriate to then like go tell someone and they would never do it to your face, but um, yeah. Well, the internet, you know, exactly. You stumbled upon this amazingly supportive community, and so actually, if you would kind of be a part of it and come into it positively, mm-hmm. and of course, be able to share your unique experience with other women, because there is something really important about sharing the hard parts of life and being really yeah. about that and being open about it. I mean, like, this is what I miss. I'm exhausted. I like don't feel comfortable in my own body. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know- feeling like myself again, like my, the relationship I have with my husband is not doing well, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you need to be able to come together and be real because on the other end of the spectrum, totally. it can be like tries point, like the toxic positivity where it's like, everything's just fine. And, you know, but it's like, but it's not. So how do we yeah. like the realness and, but also come together and build each other up. And I think that that's what you do. So such a good job of is just showing like you've shown yourself crying, you've shown the ups and the downs and the hardships, but also like, but here's how I got through it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, here, you know, here's what I've done. Here are the tools that I've, I've been able to build over this time. And that's kind of what I share with clients too. It's like, you are throughout your life, whether it's like a weight loss journey or pregnancy, you're starting to um, put together this toolkit that you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have before, and you're adding more and more tools to it. So then when you get into these tough places, you can start to pull some of those tools. And when you, you know, maybe go into a phase of life that's really, really hard, you can defer back to those tools that you've been building that maybe you didn't have before. And so yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of the tools in your toolkit that you've used throughout pregnancy and postpartum to kind of like put the earmuffs on a little bit, because it's not just about the negative comments on social. It's also like the, and we've talked about this before too, like what to expect when expecting books and like all the books Mm -hmm. that like what you should and shouldn't do. And it's just a lot of fear mongering. So yeah. Tools have you added to your toolkit that have helped you to stay true to yourself and you know, have a really healthy pregnancy and go into this next phase of your life feeling really good? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, a lot of those tools are things that I established during my weight loss journey and just like creating the habits and rituals as far as taking care of my body and getting over some of the the challenges that I had before as far as like body image and really like I spent 10 years like growing out of all of the body dysmorphia, the negative self-talk, all of those things that journaling became like a really important part of that for me, being able to just like, again, like I was saying earlier, like write down and acknowledge those different feelings that I have seeing them. And then to be able to like 
logically know that those things aren't true and kind of speak those truths back to myself, I think are, has been a really important thing because there's a lot of those feelings and emotions that I hadn't necessarily even dealt with at all for the last several years that came flooding back postpartum. I actually felt kind of my best in a long time during pregnancy. I don't know. It was part of like just staying so healthy and nourishing my body and like just the experience of watching my body change in this incredible way and knowing that this little guy was growing inside of me, which I did not expect. Like I, I fully expected to hate pregnancy and to like be not happy with my body and everything else. So that was like a very unique, positive experience for me. But postpartum, I didn't recognize that body. Like it was, it was so different because it wasn't this like, oh, here's my like beautiful maternity shoot and like, look at this baby body. Um, it felt like a stranger's body. So I think going back to some of those tools that I found really helpful going through my weight loss journey became helpful here. And it wasn't about losing weight, but it was more about getting my mind in the right spot and not letting that negative self-talk overcome me because it's really easy to do. It's really easy to do, especially in those moments where you don't feel like yourself, you don't recognize yourself. And especially in those early weeks where you're completely exhausted, like your mind isn't, it's not right. Like, yeah, how could it be, right? Like you don't sleep. Um, and that's just a fact. The first couple of weeks, especially, like you just, you barely do. You get used to it and your body kind of adjusts for good or bad, but like you do in that phase. Um, but I think that was the biggest thing for me was being able to now recognize those triggering moments very quickly. Like the moment that I started feeling that way, the moment that I like had that voice in my head, being able to try to like nip it in the bud and figure out how to approach it and what to do about it quickly is something that I didn't used to be able to do. It could go days or weeks before I like realized that it wasn't right. So I think that's been like one of the best things for me postpartum was really being able to recognize that much faster and address it quicker. Yeah. What what would be a micro example of changing the channel in your mind? You mentioned journaling. Is there a specific style of journaling? Is there um, any sort of mantra that you repeat or activity that you do when you're having that kind of a thought? Yeah, I usually kind of just do a brain dump of journaling. So more just like, like string of thoughts, words, it's usually like a hot mess, um, which is what's happening inside my head in that time. <laughs> um, so that's, that's typically where it starts is just kind of like whatever flows out. Um, and it's hard to read back often because you're saying things about yourself that like are negative and not good. But I've always found that to be super, super impactful because otherwise it's like sitting in your subconscious and kind of like swirling around, at least this is how I feel like it is in my mind and in like your physical body, like you just feel icky. And so being able to get it on paper has always helped me be able to really just read the craziness, recognize it's completely invalid and it is like crazy and be able to like, dust it up, tear it up, whatever I need to do physically with it to say like, this is not truth. And I've tried, I think even more so postpartum and through my pregnancy to like really do everything in like truth, both in like stats and science and data when it comes to pregnancies and and, uh, motherhood, but also just in truth about my body, truth about myself, my capabilities, my abilities as an entrepreneur, as a fitness professional, as a role model, as a mom, whatever it is, um, really like knowing what those truths are. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to talk about, because you've obviously touched on this, but just the mindset piece of your body changing. And, you know, after when you're postpartum, I work with a lot of moms and I've had a lot of moms approach me saying like, I just had my baby. I want to get this weight off. Like I want to go back to what I was before and kind of feeling that desperation kick in of like, what do I like, what quick fix can I do? How can I get back to where I was? And I'm just curious, like what advice you would have for those women? Because I mean, my mind goes to 
we need to give ourselves grace. I've never had a child, so I can't speak from experience, but giving yourself grace, you just literally pushed a human out of your body and you're dealing with this whole new lifestyle and basking in being a new mom and trying to figure it all out and getting less sleep. And so how do you have grace with yourself, but also prioritize putting your health first, putting your nutrition first, your exercise first to get to a place where you start to maybe lose some of the weight, feel more confident, but not have it be that quick fix mentality, which can be, you know, really toxic. Yeah. You know, for me, I realized that postpartum, the most important thing to do was to take care of my body so that I could have the energy I needed to take care of Luke to make sure that I felt my best. And so that was both like a mental and physical priority. But I knew that like, Physiologically, I had just gone through the most extreme, crazy change ever. My body was pushed to the craziest limits you could ever imagine. Like, I think they say it's like running like five marathons or something in a day, like going through childbirth and just like that whole 10 months of your body expanding and organs literally moving and changing and growing. And so, I really focused on just feeling good every day and finding little ways that I could do that. I was not worried, even as a certified personal trainer, someone leaving the fitness community, I was not worried about getting right back into my workouts at all. I was focused on healing my body first. And I think that that's something that I really try to convey to other moms out there. And especially with losing weight, like that is not important. If you are active before your pregnancy, if you stay as active as you possibly can, and that's going to look different for everyone during your pregnancy, your body does this amazing job because it wants to go back to where it came from, right? Like it knows how to do that. And so it's not just about breastfeeding or not. Like there's a lot of misconceptions about breastfeeding and weight loss, but it's really just about focusing on nurturing your body in those early days, in the first couple of months, especially so that it can feel really, really good. So that might look like not doing anything except some breathing for the first couple of weeks and then easing into like walking. But food is the most important thing during that time to make sure that you are getting the fuel that you need. So I think for me, it's like really helping women understand how incredible they are for what they just went through and what a massive undertaking that was for their bodies to give themselves that grace to know, like, we're not bouncing back. It took 10 months for you to get to delivery, right? So like, give yourself those 10 months, at least to really kind of feel back, like, quote unquote, yourself, physiologically, like when it comes to your ability to like, get to your normal exercise level, or maybe your post baby weight, like those types of things. So that to me is like, really important to help them understand that full process because there is a lot of pressure to just jump right back in to get right back in and for me like I've been really open about it but I think that like I look at it like from all my education all of the research that I've done like what you do before pregnancy and what you do during pregnancy is going to have the biggest impact on what you're able to do post-pregnancy and like what your body does on its own naturally so I didn't do anything for the first two months, really. I barely did little short walks. I focused on taking care of my baby, taking care of myself by fueling my body and doing what I could to move, but like, it wasn't much. And now it's about building that strength back. And that's where my focus has continued to be. But the weight loss that I experienced, like technically got back to my pre-baby weight two weeks later, but my body was not the same. Mm -hmm. Completely looked different. So really like taking weight out of the equation and thinking about how you can feel your best every day and feel a little bit better each day. And that's going to look different for every woman. But to me, that's really been the priority that I've been trying to help those women that reach out about this. And as I share different things to understand that and to not compare to where my body's at now versus where they're at five months. So it's going to be different. Yeah. What, how many days a week do you work out now? So I work out, I, well, I like to say like, I move my body seven days a week. Like I like to make sure I'm just keeping that habit, but that includes like just a casual walk, right? Um, my like programming in the move app and my workouts are six days a week that are like more 
training, I would say, although a couple of those days are cardio and that's a mix of types of cardio. But I like to say active, active in some way every day, because that's just for me getting my mind in the right place. It helps with my mental clarity, but also just keeping my body staying active and keeping that kind of ritual and discipline. Yeah. Okay. Last question. If I could, um, before you have to go, uh, you mentioned what you do before baby and during pregnancy is going to be so helpful post pregnancy. And we did want to ask you about some of your, uh, fertility tips or what you did to optimize your fertility and prepare for a healthy pregnancy. If you could kind of summarize some of the top, top things. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, obviously like physically active, like staying physically active was something that's always been part of my routine. But if you're not something I absolutely recommend for women, because you can really maintain your physical level of activity throughout your pregnancy for when you start getting pregnant. So if you're doing box jumps, you can do box jumps. Obviously you might need to make some modifications and at some point those are going to get hard. But I think that that's super, super important as far as like having a really healthy body um nutrition so i made sure that i was really focused on foods that are going to be high in folate like a lot of really good hormone balancing type foods and that's like where you guys are experts obviously (laughs) um but really trying to fuel my body with a nice balanced diet always and then a few other things that i did with my hypothyroidism is making sure that i was getting my blood work checked getting my hormones checked pretty consistently for the year leading up to us even saying like, okay, now we're ready. So it was kind of in the conversation of like, oh, probably next year. So those were a few of the things. I also started taking prenatals about a year before, just again, to try to optimize my health and get everything as balanced as I could before that happened. Having hypothyroidism and I'm pretty severe hypothyroidism since I was 11, all of the doctors were like, you're 35. It's probably going to be really hard if you guys try because of your hormones, even though my levels were like pretty well maintained on my medications, just my history of all of that, like it's probably going to be really tough. So like we went into it expecting probably six months, a year, if we even got pregnant and just knows this, but we got pregnant the first time that we tried to get pregnant. So that was pretty um, shocking and surprising in a really amazing way but um yeah i think that like that overall health prior to prior to getting pregnant and making sure that like my hormones were in a good place reducing stressors as much as possible and finding that balance before doing it because i think that what happens often is like life is chaotic we're busy no matter what you do what your career is what your life looks like everyone feels like they're at their max And for me, it's always been really important to try to find ways to prioritize that self-care, to reduce my stress, and to find a really good, healthy balance for my life. Some people might look at my life and think, like, it's not balanced at all. Like, you're too busy, too crazy. But it works for me. And I think that that was important before getting pregnant so that I could continue to build that and adjust as needed. But it was a lot less of a lift than if I was already stressed and all of a sudden now was pregnant on top of it. Right. Yeah, I love that. Um, so to wrap up, can you just share maybe like five of your non-negotiable habits, whether it's like fitness, nutrition that really help you stay sane and happy and healthy and that have really helped you bounce back and just feel because you posted today you feel really really confident in your own skin and I I loved reading (laughs) so um what are those five things it could be less it could be more and it could include some of your supplements too yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah no so I think five things that like on my daily man there's probably a lot more than five but we'll take them I feel like I really yeah, it's like I've really grown to like in my routines and establishing that so well because I know the impact it has on my entire life. Like it really, really, truly does. Um, one of those is going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. That to me has had such a huge impact on reducing my stress, on how I feel every day. I used to, like I said, I wake up at some point when the sun came up, like sometimes I was eight, sometimes it was nine. I'd go to bed at varying times. And as you run your own business, it's a lot harder to say like, okay, now I'm done for the day. But I've really set those boundaries to 
be able to go to bed and wake up at the same time because I feel like it is just crucial. What time do you go to bed? Non-negotiable. Oh, um, I start my bedtime routine at 9.30 and I'm like in bed like that by 10. Okay. Yeah. So 10 and then I wake up at 6. So it's kind of my my eight hours. Yeah. Obviously there's random days here and there or like Coachella where I go to bed at like two, but (laughs) (laughs) normal life, non-negotiables. Um, my other is my coffee with my miscongeniality mood boost, because I swear that it is like, has changed my life. Like I did not have crazy hormonal swings during my pregnancy. I barely had any like big hormonal like meltdowns. I've had them, but like compared to what I've talked to friends about postpartum and stuff, like really haven't had a lot of that. Um, it's always kind of been my go-to and it's helped my thyroid main levels be so much more maintained over the last few years. So that's like a, I kind of like might go like a fit if I don't have it for some reason, but I always have a spare one in my car. Just in case. She has these powders and that's what she's talking about. And they taste really good. That one is like a vanilla flavor, right? Yeah. It's it's a vanilla. It's like a nutty, kind of like a nutty vanilla flavor. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot from um, the adaptogens in there. Cause they're like that, like kind of earthy. So you get that like little bit of nutty vanilla. But it's so yummy. I love it. I love it's it. Just like I need it in my day. <laughs> um, okay, so those are a couple of my non-negotiables. Ryan, this is going to sound like really cheesy and whatever, but Ryan texts me in every day. <laughs> and that's like something he texts. He texts me in every day. Oh, because <laughs> he stays awake. He stays awake longer than I do. And it's something like in our life, we've always that he, that kind of just started early on in our relationship. But now it's like, even if we're not together, which is very rare, like he'll call me and like, we'll have like our same little ritual that we do, which is like, we'll cuddle, we'll talk, and then we'll pray together before we go to bed. Um, but we do that every night. And I think that like, for both of us, that's just become kind of like, I don't know, it's something like really powerful in a relationship, especially because we work together because like we don't always agree about everything. And I, you know, it's kind of the same mentality as like, don't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. So no matter what's going on, like we have that moment together and that's really nice. So (laughs) sweet. That's one. Um, moving my body every single day, like I said, has to happen. Like that might be five minutes of stretching because I don't feel like doing anything else or I don't have time for anything else but I always carve out that time and we have like the free daily 10 and the move app, which is what that's intended for is to give like everyone access to at least 10 minutes of something to do. But to me, like it has such an impact of course on my body and just kind of creating that habit of showing up, even if you don't want to, cause it's just like, that's what I do. But I think mentally it really, really helps me because I'm just taking even those five minutes to like, shut everything else off and be in my zone. So that's been really impactful through the last several years for me. And like something I will not let go even flying across the country overnight. Like if I need to get on the floor of the airplane, like I will do that or like walk lunges, whatever it is, it has to happen. Um, so that's like another one that I can't not move, which is funny. Cause like I would have found every excuse under the sun not to, 10 years ago. <laughs> Very different life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably more, but. Well, that's a great list. Thank you so much for your time. And we know probably a lot of people listening already are familiar with everything that you do. But if you can just share where people can find your app, your Instagram, and anything else you want to promote. Yeah. So, um, Love Sweat Fitness on YouTube, Instagram. TikTok, Lemonade, just got on Lemonade. So I'm over there now. Um, yeah, so you can find, huh? It is Lemonade. Oh, Jess. Oh, no. It's it. one it's more. another platform. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's kind of like a combo of Instagram and Pinterest and TikTok. If they like all had a baby. Okay. So it's a lot more well. visual. It's very like visual, like Pinterest boardy kind of, but anyway, it's just another one. Um, but Love Sweat Fitness everywhere in the app store, iTunes or Google Play, you can look up Love Sweat Fitness or just move. You'll find move by Love Sweat Fitness. That is our mobile app. You can download for free. Um, and 
what else? I think that's most of it. LSF Nutrition. So that's on lovesofinness.com. But if you want the baby and mom stuff, that's mostly just Katie Dunlop on Instagram. That's the place. Well, thank you. It's been so fun and like scratched my itch to hang out with you until we actually get to her. Oh, yay. Scratched your itch. I'll scratch it anytime, Jess. I got you. Like, that's some weird phrase. Whatever. It's so great. So good to see you, Ryan. Yes. Thank you both for having me. Well, we just want you all to know that whether you're a new mom, you're thinking about becoming a mom, or currently trying to conceive, we see you. And although your journey will be different than Katie's and unique to you, we hope that this conversation was helpful and inspiring. And if you want a community of women to support and uplift during this time, we highly recommend you follow Love Sweat Fitness and join the Team LSF community. And as always, if you're loving this podcast, please do give us a rating, review, and subscribe because that's how we grow and bring more amazing guests on and truly does mean the world to us. So with that said, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind with yourself and good things will come. We'll see you next time. Yeah.